when it comes to music, when you have people singing in harmony, when you have a uh, trio or a quartet that uh, is singing in harmony and, and hitting their notes, man, there's noth almost nothing like it in music to hear that sung in those ways. I like to hear uh, when the brass section, when you hear horns get together and they're all doing the different parts and they're, they're playing and it sounds like it shouldn't really go together, but it sounds so beautiful. That's harmony. That's being as one, becoming one voice. And uh, tonight I want to talk about being with one voice, being in united, and the benefits of being united. Uh, first, a funny story. A man was stranded on a deserted island, and he was all by himself. And every day he would send up smoke signals, hoping that someone somehow would see him. Ten years went by. Finally, a ship came close enough and uh, saw the smoke signals, and the captain of the ship said, hey, we need to go check this out. So they checked it out, and when the uh, landing crew came to, came to the uh, island, uh, they came up, and the man came out to greet him, and there was three huts. And the captain goes, well, where is everybody else? The man said, I'm just me by myself. And captain goes, well, why the three huts? The man goes, well, that one's my home. That one's the church I went to, and this is the church I'm going to now. Sometimes unity and getting along seems to have a rough time in churches. Sometimes we have expectations that, uh, well, this is supposed to be a Christian or Christian brother or sister, and they're supposed to act better than that. And so we, ha we don't cut each other as much slack as the rude waitress or the, the rude person uh, that cut us off on, on the highway. Well, that's expected, but not from someone in church. And so unity sometimes is rough. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Psalms 133. And I'm going to read this whole chapter. That's why I've had you guys sit down. <laughs> if you're not there, let me know. Say amen. If you're there, you can say amen. All right. I'm gonna, first, I'm going to read from the King James Version. It, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. I'm going to now read it in the... Uh, Hello? <laughs> we may need to revisit that slide that says silence your phones. 
just messing with Jimmy. <laughs> I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation now. It says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head and ran down his beard and into the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Unity, if, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's the quality or state of being one, a condition of harmony. And as we saw the example tonight of harmony when they sang, there was three different parts. They weren't all doing the same thing. It's not, unity is not the fact of that we're all doing the same thing. Unity is when we all have a goal that is uniting us, the same goal, and we get there by how God is directing us. That is unity. That is harmony. As pastor does is not going to be the same thing as I do or as Brother Ron does. It, we're, we'll be doing different, different things in the kingdom, but it's all going to work together to build the kingdom. That is unity. So verse 1 says, behold. Now, he's going behold because he's wanting to get your attention. And he's wanting you to pay attention to what he's going to say next. And what he says next is the reason why he wants you to pay attention because it doesn't always happen. That's why you hear church splits and you hear people leaving the church because sometimes unity is not there. How good and how pleasant. Now, not everything that is good is pleasant. There are some vegetables that are good for you, but they are definitely not pleasant. There are some things that are pleasant that are not good. Ice cream is pleasant, but it's not always good for you. Eating, and, eat it, in, eating it in large amounts can be bad for you. So not everything is good and pleasant, but David is writing here that, hey, pay attention because what I'm about to tell you is good and pleasant. Good and pleasant. For brethren to dwell together in unity. For brethren and sistern. Talking about everybody there. Don't want, don't want all the sisters to kind of go, okay, I don't have to pay attention. But for brethren and sistern to dwell together in unity. You see, he is pointing directly at the church. He's pointing at believers. Because Romans uh, 12.18 says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. We are to live within, with, in peace with everyone around us. But here David is specifically going the body of Christ, the church, the believers. It's important for us to live in unity. See, there are some things. I was reading my daily reading plan. I was reading this, and it caught my attention when it compared unity 
to the oil that flowed, that was anointed onto Aaron. That oil is made up of myrrh, cinnamon, sweet-smelling cane, acacia, and olive oil. Now, four of these items, are you can smell them. They, they are fragrant. They are to, to it's like, uh, so that you can, it's like perfume. You don't have to be next to a person that's wearing perfume to know that they're there. Well, when, when they anointed Aaron, they didn't just sprinkle him or like we pray for the sick, anoint a little dab. No, they poured it on Aaron. And it ran down him, and it got all the way to his feet. Now, how many of you have had your hands with olive oil on them? It's, it's, it's on there. That's what it was like. And this was a consecration. It wasn't just something that they did to pour something on Aaron's head. This was a form of consecration. Aaron was being separated by God to do a work for God. This was holy. And the way, reason why it smelled is because God wanted people to know when Aaron was in the room. God wants everyone to know when a unified church is in the community. It's not just for our benefit, which I'll read benefit, benefits for us in a minute, but it's not just for our benefit that we are united. When we get united, that smell, God's, God's anointing goes with us. See, that's, that's how you get, when we get united in worship, in a service, and we have someone walking by and they come in, they said, I, I just felt like I needed to come in. You know what they're doing? They're smelling the anointing. Can we lift our hands right now and, and pray? Lord, we pray that you will touch this situation. Lord, we pray that you will touch Shelly right now and heal her. Lord, we pray and, and plead the blood over her mind and her body. Lord, I pray that you will touch her and bring her out of it, Lord, right now. We lift you up. We thank you for answering our prayer. We thank you for your healing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we pray that there will be peace. 
pray, Lord, that you will take away the stress. Pray, Lord, that you will give peace and comfort right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Prayers are answered when we come united and pray. It's one of the reasons why he said when two or three come together, it's that unity. It's that unity. He said where two or three there, I will be in the midst. It's when we come unified. The Lord steps in and moves into situations that we may not even see. It's that unity. It's that sweet savor, that sweet fragrance that comes from the anointing of the Lord. Can we lift our hands right now? Lord, you are great. Holy are you, Jesus. Holy are you, Jesus. If we could pray in the Spirit right now, the Lord is here and He's moving. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Iva ma kundre me shekenda romo kosho kundra ma katara ma kata. Iva mandro mo kosho kundra ma. Mo kundre me kendro mo kosho kundre me kesho kundra ma kata Hallelujah. The Lord is here. As we have unified in worship, as we have unified in prayer, The oil ran over all of Aaron. It did not, they, they soaked Aaron. It covered every part of the body. Over 15 times the Bible refers to the church as a body. No one in this room is exempt from striving for unity. Everyone here, every believer here is called to unity.
Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, and I'll be reading the New Living Translations. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, as we unify, we help each other grow. Not just in numbers because of the fragrance and the anointing that draws people, but you and I as individuals will grow as we unify in the body. Caught my eye that the whole body fit together perfectly. You are not an accident. You are not placed in the kingdom by accident. What God is wanting you to do for the kingdom is not by accident. God has thought of you specifically for the role that he has for you in the kingdom. Each and every one of us, God has a plan for. And it's to fit perfectly in the body. Fit perfectly in the body. Boy, the God, he is here right now. We are going to do some focus prayer in just a second. So I'm kind of now going, I need to just get to the focus prayer. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. It's going to bring a maturity as we unify, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. When we allow God to help us to unify together, it's going to bring a maturity to our life. It's going to bring a maturity to our spiritual life. Because when we want to unify we're going to do the things God wants us to do to help the body. Like tonight, when we needed to pray, and we all stepped in and started to pray, and we started to unify. That helped us to become more mature in God. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Everything that's out on the on on the internet, everything that's coming out on TV, all the slightly different things that are happening. When we get unified, we will mature and we become more sturdy and steadfast in what we believe. We won't be, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. There is so much deception going on. There are so many different churches preaching so many different things that 
sound right and worded to sound right. But when you go in that direction, you find out that it ain't right. But when we become unified and we come, become mature and steadfast, those things that used to trick us no longer trick us because our eyes are opened because of our maturity and are steadfast in what we believe. See, it's when we become unified that these things happen. Instead, those are the things we won't be doing. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, it's the truth anyhow, or I was just saying the truth after they slammed somebody? Okay, we've got the truth down part, down, but the in love part has to be there. But when we become unified, when we become steadfast and mature, we will speak truth in love. Not everything that's in our head needs to come out of our mouth. It's plain and simple. I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand first to say that I'm guilty. The Lord's been changing me. But when we speak truth, it may be truth, but we need to do it in love. Growing in every, every way more and more like Christ. Now, that's a tough one, to become like Christ. Because then you get the whole, they slapped him, they plucked out his beard, they beat him, punched him, made fun of him, they killed him. And you come across where we're supposed to mature to be like Christ. And we go, you know what? That doesn't sound like fun. To love those that hate you. But when we become unified and we stand together and we're holding each other up and we're, when one of us hurts, when one of us hurts and, and we go, you know what, we need to pray. When one of us is hurting and we, and we go, you know what, let's, let's hold each other up. Let's stand together. We, you're not going to go through this alone. That's being like Christ. That's being like the body. When the body gets hurt, when there's an infection, the body works to get rid of the infection. That's us. That's how the church works, and we have to unify to do that. And it finishes off... To, Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. That's when we come to, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. The more we become like Christ, the more we become unified. The more, that, that way we become unified, we become more mature. We're more steadfast. We're not tossed around. But we will speak truth in love. And we will grow. Tonight was a perfect example of us becoming unified. 
Sister Shelley has been under a lot of stress. And as many of you know, she has uh, seizures every once in a while. And a lot of times they're brought on by stress. I don't know what's happening this weekend that would be so stressful. <laughs> but tonight, we showed how a unified church should be. When a part of the body was hurting, we banded together. prayer tonight, Sister Melissa. I didn't know this is what he's preaching or teaching. Absolutely fabulous, but I could not hold my silence. About 30 years ago, I was in Louisiana camp meeting, and Brother Jeff Arnold was the preacher, 30 years ago. And uh, that message made such an impact on me, and he was preaching on about this very subject, about unity. He talks about how the word unity in Greek is from symphoneo, which were the word we get from symphony <clears throat> and it's it's the orchestra of different instruments violins the first violin second violin and the different groups of instrumentation that make up an elaborate symphony and of course as you know for many years the new york symphony orchestra back in the 60s when i, <clears throat> I was just i mean just a teen was a world-famous uh, director that led them by the name of Leonard Bernstein. And Brother uh, Jeff Arnold referred to this man, and he gave an interview, and they asked him, what is the most important uh, positional instrument in the orchestra? And he said, without equivocation or any hesitation, he said, it's second violin or second fiddle. He says, why is that so important? Now, let me just say that the second violin in an orchestra never gets a solo. They never get a primary uh, function in any piece that they play. Xander, you probably know more about this than I do. Amen. Hallelujah. But the point is, is that it's, it's a, a position that is not in the limelight. And yet it is critical because Leonard Bernstein said the reason it's critical is because without second violin, there is no harmony. Symphonero. No unity. So this is what I'm getting at in the spiritual. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. See, as long as we all vie for attention and positions and do things to be seen, It's taken away from the unity because what it creates is scenarios for rivalry. Whether it's singers, musicians, people in a church in different departments and what they do, they want to be seen more, they want to be recognized more, and there's nothing wrong with recognition. That's not what I'm talking about. But there are sometimes we, our, our, our personalities get to the point where we want to, to be seen. And Symphonero dictates that you take a position where you do what you know is necessary. And nobody sees you and you've got to still do it. And you don't get the recognition for it, yet it's indispensable because you don't care who gets the glory. You don't care who gets the credit. 
that's what creates unity. Because now it's as long as he gets the glory. As long as the church gets the glory. Hallelujah. It's not about me. It's about him. And it's the church and about the ministry. Hallelujah. That's the essence of symphony and, and, and uh, unity. Praise God. And I think we all need to be mindful of that. And for all these 30 years, I've hid that. I've buried that in my mind and in my spirit. Always to remember that I'm, I'm not about the limelight. I mean, I can, I, can, I can be totally happy out there in the shadows if I'm doing what God wants me to do. Amen. If you're in the will of God at any cost, do it. Praise God. And don't worry about who gets the credit. Amen. Give him the glory at all costs. Help us to be that. Amen. I, uh, I, prayed. I, I played second fiddle, actually. Um, in, in grade school, I played the violin, and I played second violin, and that is the truth. Uh, everything he's just said is absolutely true, that second violin pr provides the harmony, and we need that. Amen. Let's all stand. Today has been declared a national day of prayer for the 2020 U.S. presidential and congressional elections. This is perhaps one of the least unified political cycles that any of us have ever participated in. The church can make a difference through prayer. People can make all kinds of speeches, stand in public arenas and call for this or that, change, But the only thing that the Lord said would change things is prayer. He said, if my people, those who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Unity. <laughs> Unity in the church is a necessity. It's not an option. And when we pray, I'm telling you right now, we're not praying for, for, for political parties. I'm not praying for people who are campaigning in terms of getting, I don't want this, that person to get this. That's not what we're here to pray for. We are here to declare the will of God in the earth because it's whatever he wants and his timing and his calendar that matters, not my opinion and not my thought. Right in this moment, it's about what he wants. So very specifically, I, I, was, I shared with uh, the pastoral staff a uh, devotion that Brother Jason Sisko did talking about how to pray when there's power in play, when there's authority that uh, people are trying to grab at. And so what we are going to pray, remember, remember we're praying about God's friends and God's enemies, those who are friends to God and those who are enemies of God. 
when God's enemies reach for power, we are going to pray as the church that chaos come into their camp and disrupt their plans and that God's plan is put into effect. Okay, this is how we're specifically going to pray that the enemies of God would be disrupted and the friends of God would be, would be uh, anointed and would be truth speakers. Okay, would you just bow your head right now? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Let's recognize who's really in charge. Just feel after that spirit right now. Let's just recognize that he is in charge. Jesus, we humbly come. We are the people called by your name. And we know that there is nobody who can make a difference in our nation but you. There is nobody who can declare right in this nation except you. And so, God, we submit to you right now. These elections that are coming up, these decisions that are going to shape our government, Lord Jesus, these, these people who will be reigning in, in different positions, oh God, I, I submit all of these decisions before you, God, that your will would be done. God, I, I bind every plan of the enemy, of the spiritual enemy and the physical enemies of this world, of this church, Lord Jesus. I bind every enemy right now in the name of Jesus Christ, those who would rise up against what you want to do in these last days of revival, God. I pray that you would, uh, that you would set people in place who need to be in those places, Lord Jesus, that your timeline would be made manifest, Lord Jesus, that your calendar would be followed, that your plan would be followed, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that you would send chaos and confusion and disruption into the camp of the enemies who stand opposed to you and your word and your truth, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would loose anointing and power and might on the side of right, Lord Jesus. That you would raise up godly leaders who would speak truth, who would speak right, who would speak your name in high places, Lord Jesus. God, I pray that prayer warriors would make it into Senate seats, Lord Jesus. That prayer warriors would make it into congressional seats, Lord Jesus. I pray that prayer would rise up in the White House, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, that you would put people who are sensitive to your voice and sensitive to your power, Lord Jesus, sensitive and obedient to your leading in high places. God, I pray your will. Most of all, Lord Jesus, we pray that the will of God would be done in these coming elections, Lord Jesus. You know how to arrange the pieces on this playing board, Lord Jesus. And so, God, I pray right now that your will would be done, that all obstacles would be bound and put aside in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that clarity would come, Lord, and that there would be decisive end to this campaign, Lord Jesus, in your name. And we praise you for it. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. We know that you are faithful no matter who is in office and no matter what the situation looks like your will will be done Lord God and I thank you for that Lord Jesus thank you for your power Lord God and thank you for your might to endure in all these situations in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus I want to encourage all of us as we spend time in prayer that we would pray in the Holy Ghost over these times that we are in. 
Would you just let the Lord lead you into times of intercession as you pray uh, for the coming weeks? If it's only weeks now, let's be in prayer. Let's be mindful of what is to come in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. One last time, can we just lift our hands unified? Let's thank Jesus for what he's done here tonight and what he's going to be doing here in the future. We thank you, God, for the word that you have given us. And I pray, God, let our hearts and our minds be unified under your common goal. I pray, God, that there be peace where there needs to be peace. Let there where there needs to be power. We praise you, God, and we glorify you for who you are and who you lead us to be. We praise you, O God, for this body. We glorify you, O God, for what you're going to do. And we praise you forevermore. I pray, God, bless your children as we depart from this place. Let your hand of protection be upon us as we come back once more later in this week for a wedding and the day after for a preaching. We praise you, God, and we glorify your name in Jesus' name. And let the church say amen. 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 You are dismissed.